Hello and welcome to The Polygon Show. I'm Simone de Rochefort and I'm joined today by Chelsea Stark. Hi, Simone. And Allegra Frank. Hi. And uh, as you can tell, they are calling in from Germany because they're at Gamescom. Chelsea, tell me what you just, you just opened something. Explain. I I just opened uh, a Goffle Coach uh, tall boy. Terrible accent, Tilsey. Uh, yeah. We've been here a week. You should have a better accent by now. Nine. <laughs> What's your most used German phrase, do you think, in the week that you've been in, in German citizens? Sprechen Sie English? Really? Wow. I literally forgot how to say that. Oh, my God. So I keep just being like, ah, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen Allegric say no Deutsch to people <laughs> like 15 times, even though she were, knows the word nine. Which it's is actually nie Deutsch, I think. Nie Deutsch? Well, it's still, you would know that. Um, yeah, I and, uh, you know... Wow. What is the water closet? That's, uh... What is the toilet? The toilet? Well, they say WC here, so, yeah. I say bitter a lot. Yeah. I'm always pushing people out of my way. Donka Shane. <laughs> <laughs> so it's safe to you say you're having a, a good time. Yeah, we're having a good time. We're we're laying on the floor of our hotel room um, that we share, and because, uh, you know... It's rough times in our economy, in this economy. And by share, <laughs> she means, like, literally our twin beds every morning when we, like, yeah, every- go to the bathroom and then come back in and those very stealthy uh, maids come by. Our beds are pushed together because when you ask for a single, a double room with two twin beds, they assume that actually you're just married and you don't share a bed. <laughs> <laughs> We're Puritan Americans. We're basically, like, doing, like, we keep having to do, like, the Ricky and Lucy Ricardo thing and, like, pushing our beds apart. And uh, <laughs> Germany keeps trying to make us back together. Uh, I have a confession. It's actually, it's not Germany. I, I paid them to do that. Because I really, I ship you guys, and I always have. And uh, I'm sorry that you're resisting my personal financial efforts to get you together. Well, I mean, but I do appreciate you getting, uh, tipping them enough to leave bags of gummy bears on our bed. That also <laughs> All part of my evil plan. I love, I love Germany. It's not, it's not like pillow turned down service with a mint. It's like little bags of Haribo. Frick, that's so good. I, I I forgot that we could swear on this podcast for a moment. I started to say frick, and then I said frock <laughs> instead. Frack, so like a Cylon. <laughs> oh, frack. No, we can't do that, Chelsea. I can't be that much of a nerd, despite the fact uh, that I am. So the, the the picture that I have of you in my head right now, you are literally both on the floor, huddled around Chelsea's yes. phone. Yes. Yes. Oh my, my phone, god. Because the the I bought a SIM card because the Wi-Fi is bad. So this is we're like. We're like on a camping trip and uh, huddled around a phone with a beer. I appreciate you both so much for doing this. We appreciate you, Simone. <laughs> I'm just sitting here Even totally alone. To... <laughs> I know. You're you're holding it down. Ashley Ashley's got some stuff, so she's she's off and it's we're mm. we're all holding it down together. Mm-hmm. Polygon Shell fam. Polygon Show fam holding it down literally all over the world at this point. So let's talk about some Gamescom stuff. Uh, Allegra, I wanted to talk to you about Life is Strange because you got to play the Life is Strange before the storm. Is that a sequel or a DLC? 
Uh, neither, Simone. Wow. <laughs> What's Read it? my article, maybe. It has a lot of words home. in it. I can't focus. <laughs> um, it's a prequel. So prequel? I actually, uh, funny thing, I didn't get to play it, and it was essentially the same thing I saw at E3. A little bit different, but I did get to see a presentation and then talk to the lead writer about it. And I'm super, super hyped for Life is Strange. That was my favorite game of 2015. Uh, the prequel is a little bit different in that it dumps most of the like more gamey stuff, which was the supernatural sort of time travel powers. And it's just very heavily focused on like, we're a teen melodrama. Like we, we're all about angst and sadness and friendship and crushes and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, yes, I'm also about these things. <laughs> But also, I fucking hate teenagers. So that was sort of the crux of my interview. I talked to the lead writer, and I was kind of just like, yo, the characters are really annoying. What do I do about this? You literally okay. said that to them? I was just like, listen, I real it stars um, Chloe, who is the sort of secondary lead in the original Life is Strange. And I was just like, my dude, I love you. I hate Chloe. She's so fucking annoying. Do you think it's because this is adults writing Chloe instead of I think like it's both that it's adults writing Chloe. So it's like a it's an adult man. And I've, I talked to him in E3, too. And I was just kind of like, do you feel sort of uncomfortable and, you know, um, like an inappropriate choice being that you're a man, like a 30 plus year old man writing about <laughs> like the year old women. his age. He like, always, every single time he's like, oh, I was a teenager a long time ago. <laughs> like you look so young and cute. But um, yeah, so it's just kind of like both it's a man writing for a, a teen girl, but also like I was, a, I was Chloe's age, what, seven years ago. And that feels very recent to me still. So I just kind of remember being a self-absorbed, obnoxious angsty teen writing song yeah. lyrics on my notebooks and then doodling pictures of my crushes on the inside and I just really kind of resent those times because I'm not really able to reconcile that like yeah that was a part of my life and that's fine and like I don't have to hate myself for it so I'm still very much in the stage of like I was so annoying and I hate everyone who's like that they're so annoying and dumb so whenever I play the new life is strange I'm like Jesus Christ get over yourself my so dude you're really I'm, salty I'm here biting my tongue and there's no there's no middle ground here for you because you're just super salty about teens yes yes I'm very Allegra Frank super salty about teens that you, is what I want on my headstone don't you like I mean don't you have any nostalgic good feelings about being my a teenager? teen years were just defined by heartbreak and eating a lot of french fries which is not dissimilar from my adulthood <laughs> I was gonna say you just ate a bunch of pumice frites <laughs> like oh you see you ate all your fries and then ate my fries <laughs> Good. <laughs> no fry shaming. No fry shaming allowed. We only shame beverages on this show. Only beverages. <laughs> only your tall boy Kolch with the German accent. I so I don't know how I because you you really liked the original Life is Strange though, right? I loved it. Yeah, it's Why? one of my favorite games ever. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think that game. I think the fact that it was a different lead who was sort of more introspective um that sort of tempered the the angst the pervasive sense of angst also the fact that it did have more like structured specific gameplay helped to take away from the, the cringy dialogue a bit mm -hmm. i didn't find that dialogue to be as terrible as other people did because maybe because i say hella 
So I'm not as frustrated by people saying hella. Okay, over on the um, West Coast, we we say hella a lot, and we were yeah, very offended that people found that unrealistic. I thought I say hella a lot as someone who just, I guess, aspires to be from the West Coast. Thank you. Or Austin is like the West Coast Junior, so we'll <laughs> we'll say that. Um, they, they won't let you be part of the Deep South, so you have to be part of the West. No, they will not. They will not. You you pass out of Austin and they just frown at you. I've gotten in so much trouble with Southerners, and I will still fight on this. I recognize that Texas is not part of the Deep South. I'm not saying Texas is part of the Deep South. It is quite literally South. It's on the fucking yes. bottom of the, the country. It's in the South, not the Deep South, not the capital S South. It's literally in the South. I will... Uh, people from the Deep South I, are so... Sticklers about this. <laughs> like, well, I know I the difference. Like, Texas, like, includes, like, three different parts of the country because it's the, you get the West and you get the, like, the Great Plains up top and then you get, like, the East and then you get the cities. So it's four. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's a good place. Let's, this is our Texas, this is our Texas podcast. Texas talk. <laughs> y'all. I will launch that podcast with y'all. Um, and you also played Cuphead, right, Allegra? Uh, I did. Um, so my original headline, did I talk to you about this? I talked to someone about this. My original headline for that story, I wrote an impressions piece was like, Cuphead is my favorite game that I never, ever want to play ever again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so it's super beautiful. I mean, we've talked a lot about the style and influences on Cuphead. It's, you know, a 1930s-esque cartoony run and gun game, um, and, I, you know, I'm not anti-run-and-guns. I played some Metal Slug in an arcade in Seattle, and I was like, yo, I need to play every single one of these Metal Slug games ASAP. <laughs> like, I really like that kind of thing. Um, but there's just something about Cuphead that is specifically difficult. And it's especially frustrating because the aesthetic is so strong that because it requires you to, like, die and die and die and die ad nauseum until you actually finish the level because the challenge is so so high um you're not really experiencing the environment you're not really able to soak it in and that was really disappointing to me because they clearly like labored over those backgrounds and those character designs so much and they really really do look like throwbacks so it's it was frustrating that i just wanted to kind of stand around and be like yo this is the prettiest game i've ever seen in my life especially as a freaking cartoon nerd but then i just died within a minute or 30 seconds like, I played that game for 30 minutes straight, and I made it 75% through a level that should, like, based off how long it looks, it shouldn't take more than three minutes. Like, it's really short. It's, like, like in terms of area, it's small. Mm-hmm. But because the challenge is so ridiculously high, it's, like, I don't know how long it would ever take me to beat a single level, and that's really disappointing. How forgiving are the checkpoints? Like, how far? There are no checkpoints. Oh. So you have to start the whole level over. Nope. I'm sorry. I like I, that's the other thing. I'm really, really interested to play it, but like as everyone knows, I, I'm not that. I'm not that good. I'm not a very good. I'm not good at things because I like to have fun. Um, so I'm, I'm probably going to be very <laughs> bad at what would probably be you know one of my top games. I'm definitely going to wait to try it before I judge it. But that is consistently what I've heard from everyone is like, yes, this is gorgeous. Ah, the gameplay. It's really, really hard. Um, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. I'm sure like there's 
there is going to be a devoted audience who wants that super, super challenging, very retro experience. Um, on the other hand, yes, they are probably cutting down the 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 breadth of their audience by making a game so difficult, which is a choice. It's an intentional design choice, I think. But there you have it. Yeah. Chelsea. For sure. What have you been playing, Hello? Chelsea? Oh my gosh, I played the one thing, I have many things to tell you about, um, but Monster Hunter World, mm. I did not think that I was a Monster Hunter fan. I've played uh, a couple demos. I played the, the most, re- I played Monster Hunter 4's 3DS demo most recently, and it's just, like, something about it just didn't grab me, and I like action RPGs, I like character action games too, like, I feel like there's certain things about this series that wouldn't appeal to me and yet I, I it like never grabbed me but I played Worlds on Tuesday and like holy crap it's just like one it's a beautiful game and uh like the things you're like the monsters you're fighting in the world around you is like lush and vivid and cool and you're like um you're tracking down this big monster and stuff like that but it just mm-hmm. it feels really good and uh, like what they've done is try to make it a bit more accessible while still making it challenging which means like there's not these long animations when you're like picking up herbs or drinking potions or doing things like that. You can just do all these things more seamlessly. And, uh, yeah. So that was really cool. And the combat just feels really fun. Like I, I fought this gigantic lizard that had a huge inflated belly. Cause he just ate. So he's basically like rolling around on his big belly and like, <laughs> sounds like me. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, he had a, basically a food baby and was rolling around all over it. And, um, yeah, and so I was hunting him and had, a, a, like, a very nice long sword and was able to, like, dodge and roll around his attacks as he, like, would spit fire at me. And it was just really, like, super fun um, action. And it didn't feel like I was being slowed down by any of the systems of the game. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm like, oh, shit, I think I might be a new Monster Hunter convert. <gasps> yeah. Which means that you'll be one of the people who, when a Monster Hunter game gets announced, starts screaming and speaking in tongues while I sit there going, ah. Yeah, well, I mean, who knows? Like, this is maybe my like my year where I discover I, like, love Japanese games, like, new Japanese games more because I've already had my, like, Persona love. And this is my first Persona game. So, yeah, it's it's amazing. But, nice. Simone, I also played Assassin's Creed Origins. Ah! Tell me everything. For like, I played it for 35 minutes, um, so I got to play a pretty long story mission. Um, I meet up. I do not know the main character's name. Do you know his name, Simone? Uh, I do, and I forgot it. Uh, so I'm going to Google that while you tell me about it. <laughs> well, you meet up with you, like, you're traveling through the city of Memphis, this Egyptian city. <gasps> there's a lot of canals. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Like, there's a, bun- a bunch of canals separating things, so you start the demo in, in, like, a boat, and you're pushing yourself along um, along the canals, and it's just, like, gorgeous. And then you, you meet up with your, like, your romantic interest, who name's Aya, and she's, like, this badass woman who's, like, pledged herself to the queen, but she said to you, like, oh, our lives will always be ringed with violence. I'm like, okay, clearly you're, like, really cool. Uh, and you basically are investig- you're out investigating um, why the sacred bull has been like is sick because it's related it's related to something with the queen and you like there's all this intrigue because like the the priestesses have been poisoning him because 
their brother was kidnapped and like you have to there's investigation stuff and also you use your <gasps> eagle to like find the enemies yeah I know. hold up so wait Simone's reactions. <laughs> did they are they bringing back the uh the murder mystery gameplay yeah, there's like there's there's elements of detection. Yeah. So I, I know. <laughs> so I had to like basically scout around this bull and like this bull's uh like kind of holy shrine and I saw like you saw different things. You you find all this stuff based on like these these uh like points of interest. So there's all this kind of like detective work, which is kind of cool. Like it kind of gave me some like Batman, um, you know, Arkham vibes and things like that. And I was into it. Yes. So. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his name is Bayek, by the way. Bayek. Bayek is really cool looking. Like, he's just, it's just like a really interesting, like, I don't know, his character model is cool. He just is, like, voiced really well. I, I, I was like, okay, you know, I'm not normally an Assassin's Creed fan, and I was really interested in the story that they were weaving. Maybe and you yeah, should play Assassin's go... Creed Syndicate. <sighs> I do like Evie Fry. I do think Evie Fry is really cool. I, I'm going to derail us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, we can have a whole episode that. about me defending Jacob Fry and how I wasn't into him and how now he's my son. He's my gay son. Um, and I love <laughs> him. But that's, you know, a story for another week. Uh, I'm super excited because I, I really I enjoyed what I played of Origins at E3 but it lacked like the story hook I think to bring me into it even though it was ridiculously beautiful so yeah I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty into uh, Dude, what you're telling me. All I me. did was play all I did was play a story mission it was like a main game quest. Yeah so, give it to me. And I saw yeah yeah I mean there are a couple of cut scenes that didn't there was a cut scene that was like a little strange because I didn't have the full context for it. And you like see this queen of the city, like uh, talking to people and they were like all rabbling for some reason. And I did, since I didn't have the context of that, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I this love to rabble. Face. <laughs> love it. Like, just like, yeah. Just yeah. Casual rabbling on a weekday. On a weekday. But uh, yeah, the city was very lively. Like I, I kept bumping into people and like uh, making them mad at me and mm. things like that. And that's the best part of yeah. Assassin's Creed games is trying to walk down the street what else did you did you play anything else at Gamescom that you super super loved so far? Oh my god! So I played Dishonored standalone DLC Death of the Outsider, the one with the yes, yeah. <laughs> so I haven't played any Dishonored games. I know I should, but I also know that the Outsider is super hot and that I'm attracted to him. So tell me more about yeah. this game. This game, you're trying, the outsider's a god and you're trying to kill him. Yeah. Oh. I love to kill God. You're playing, okay, you're playing this amazing assassin who's been a side character in both the, the main games and the DLC. Her name is Billy Lurk. And she's, uh, an, uh, she's the, like, the lieutenant of the, main, the game's main assassin rival, Dowd. And she's like on a mission because... Like, basically, they believe that the outsider has brought too much chaos into the world. And, like, he's, he's like, clearly just enjoying giving people arcane powers and then watching them fuck shit up. So, like, maybe he's just not a good influence and we should try to kill a god. So your hot dad god is, Hmm. like, in danger. But probably, like, I mean, speculating, like, any Dishonored games, like, there's ways to kill people or not kill people or, like, just take them out, like, non-lethally and, like, so I, I wonder, like, clearly the game is going to give you some choices. 
uh, and I played it for, I guess, about 50 minutes, which was really like, I was like, when it, but it blew by. Uh, you go back to the city of Karnaka, which was in the second game, and that's where the Clockwork Mansion is. And it's just like this cool, lush environment. And you have new powers uh, that are like, re- that game is just like, Dishonored is a great series. And this looks like it's apparently a 10 to 12 hour experience. So it's a, like, a wow. very meaty standalone experience how long was the original game i I think about 20 wow i feel like i played it for longer because i was like determined to get the least chaotic like kill the least people so Mm -hmm. i often like go back and replay things here's Mm -hmm. a thought what Uh if instead of killing the outsider she makes out with him instead i mean i don't even know i'm actually not even sure uh what billy's preferences are so fair i don't know I I will not force any decisions upon anyone. I'm just saying that if the option, (laughs) if this were, say, like a kiss the outsider game instead of kill the outsider, Simone would be there. Simone could star in this game. Can I just sort of pivot off that really quickly? Yeah, please pivot away from me. (laughs) So, okay, I agree. The outsider is very hot. But when I play a game and I'm like, oh, that character is super hot, I don't know that I want an in-game character to make out with him because I want to, yeah. right? Like, I don't know that I want... Do you telling me you get jealous of the in-game character? <laughs> yes! <laughs> so I don't know if I want Billy making out with the outsider. I want to imagine me making out with the outsider. So maybe it's better if they don't make out. Okay, see, I have the opposite problem where I cannot... I am... I, I don't do romance in my personal life. I don't want to be the object of, of romance uh, with a real person or with a video game character. I just want to watch. <laughs> Simone just wants to watch. I think the outsider is a super cool character, but in Dishonored 2, there are many times he looks like he's wearing a North Face jacket, and I'm so, super concerned as to why. That's literally like every dude I had a crush on in middle school. I'm so from I'm Seattle, like, so that's perfect for me. Yeah, uh-huh. it just seemed a little weird because it's like supposed to be this, you know, alternative uh, industrial age, and you're like North Face, okay? <laughs> All right, let's take a second to talk about MeUndies. MeUndies are the best underwear on the planet. If you need proof, go to their site and look at pictures of people in their underwear. Those people are happy. Those people are experiencing comfort. Then order a pair and feel for yourself how comfortable they are because it is National Underwear Month, people. Once you feel me undies down there, you're going to want to wear them all the time because they are the world's most comfortable underwear. Order a pair and if you don't love them, they're free. They've made it really easy for you. There's literally no risk. So we have been trying me undies. Allegra. Tell me. Tell me about your underwear. I'm no longer constantly cognizant of the fact that I am wearing underwear. That's <laughs> right. Is that what you've been thinking about? It this is a wonderful. <laughs> it is genuinely really soft. I've like been when I'm thinking I... about how I'm no longer thinking about how I have underwear on. Your mind is a beautiful place, Ashley. How's they're your very, experience? They're very soft. I think they're my favorite pair I've ever worn ever. Mm. They're actually so comfortable that um, I just have taken to like they're they're also these like boy shorts mm-hmm. that you can just walk around the apartment in that I've just substituted shorts for because yeah I don't 
That's the way to live. Pants. So they have a lot of different colors to choose from. And from now until August 31st, you can get 20% off your first pair plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash Polygon. That's MeUndies.com slash Polygon. MeUndies.com slash Polygon. Thanks, MeUndies, for sponsoring this episode of The Polygon Show. So, Chelsea, do you have anything else from Gamescom to talk about before we wrap into some news this week? Oh, um, I I played two different fighting games, and they both contain characters that everyone like really loves. But I do want to talk about DB uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, which is really fun. Yes! Yeah, like, <laughs> so fun, super cool. Um, sell I, sell I me on like, this. Okay, did you ever watch Dragon Ball Z? Is no. a child or an adult? Oh, you missed out. It was Simone. just like I man, was watching I Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, I have such an affection for that show, and the the fighting game captures like just I haven't even seen the story mode, which they just announced, and like they haven't even shown anything from it. Uh, but like the fights look like shit pulled straight from the cartoon. Just the way the characters throw like needlessly ridiculous amount of blows at each other, just like. And, and, like, they have ridiculously powered up key moves and everything like that. I'm like, this looks like you're living in the cartoon. And I I kind of am here for that because it's so beautiful. It's so, so, so pretty. And it just feels really fun to play. We didn't play it together, although we were at the, at the same we had the time same playing time. it. It's just different, different, playing different people. Yeah, and it's just, like, it looks exactly like the anime. It feels really good. Like, I'm sort of a button-mashing type of fighting yeah. game person but i was able to sort of cotton on to the controls more quickly than i usually would in like a marvel vs. capcom or a insert fighting game that isn't smash brothers here um so i was like yo i feel like i'm not bad at this plus i know who all the characters are plus it is gorgeous it was so 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 fun yeah dude and I also played, I actually played Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, and you know what, that game is really starting to grow on me, because now that I've seen more stuff from it, and it's got mm. it's got some Marvel characters that people like. I've I whooped up some people with Ghost Rider, which is just hilarious. Ooh. So, I, I, like, I'm, as someone who likes fighting games, I'm, I really enjoyed games. <laughs> I think, I feel like, Chelsea, when you get back, what I want is for us to, like, have a learning session where you teach me how to love fighting games. Oh my god, we're gonna do this! Oh yeah, well, that would be fun. Yeah. And I, I think, when does Dragon Ball come out? Dragon Ball comes out in February, but they're gonna have a beta, so we'll be able to at least, okay. like hopefully get a beta code and play that. Because I feel like that would be a good teaching tool for me because I am a big old, even though I didn't watch that particular show, and I will probably regret that for the rest of my life because everyone has feelings about Vegeta, and I, I just don't know anything Ugh. about that. Dude, Vegeta's the ultimate dad, like. Mm, I he hear is, he's the best dad, so I would say. Uh, yeah, you know. That's what I'm, I've I heard. Like I'm just going gonna to deliver you a Dropbox full of Dragon Ball <laughs> anime or something. Please <laughs> don't. <DC> like. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's pivot and talk about some news. So... Breaking, breaking, literally moments before we recorded, began recording this, uh, Blizzard announced that they're totally revamping Mercy in ways that, like, I I can't even begin to understand. They're giving her a totally new ultimate, which is called Valkyrie, where she can basically, it's not a res anymore. What? She becomes, she starts, she's able to fly. 
and multi heal or damage boost teammates and like legit legit fly. Um, and her weapon does more damage when she's in this mode. And they're changing it so that Resurrect is now a secondary ability with a really long cooldown. And you can only res one person at a time. So she's literally going to be a completely different character. And I am... Why? I don't know, but I'm, I'm kind of into it, Chelsea. I'm kind of into it. I'm so... Like, I, I enjoy playing Mercy from time to time because you get this ultimate satisfaction from being a good Mercy. Like... You know, it is mm-hmm. like if you need to be that healer, like it's it's when you get that clutch resin, it feels so damn good. And you're just like, this is crazy. I'm 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 into it. Like this is this is literally breaking news. So I haven't even seen anything from it. Now I'm I'm like I'm excited. Yeah, you got so many pa- talk to the Blizzard yeah. people about this. I do. Oh uh, man, you had your Overwatch interview yesterday. I know. I guess just to, missed it. I just missed it. I got to talk to. Uh, yeah, like. A couple different folks at Blizzard. I chatted with them, but the one thing that is important for listeners of our show is that uh, at least one person at Blizzard, shout out to you, Chaco, listened to the show and said that there is no chance of a diva crab skin ever. I'm sorry. And I I want to push back on that. I have a lot of pushback. I would like to explain why why there will never be a giant a diva giant crab skin like what how could you say never if overwatch is running for 20 years 20 years from now can you really say oh we can't do a a giant crab skin because because of reasons that i won't explain so i i would like a personal apology i would like an explanation i would like a handwritten letter on vellum um, dried oh, vellum like the queen uses to give her annual speech or whatever the frick that English thing is. Um, so that's what I would like. Um, Jeff Kaplan can sign it. That's fine. Uh, so please, Blizzard, just go ahead and get started on that. Crabskin. 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 Yeah, either either send me the vellum apology or send me the crabskin. Uh, either way, I will be happy. <laughs> We'll be happy. I would. I mean, I was just thanking people for listening, but that's fine. Oh yeah, that's we fine. love our listeners. <laughs> I mean, you threw Chaco under the bus here, and you're like, oh, by the way, Chaco crushed all your things. So I, mean, I love I'm, everyone I'm, at Blizzard except this person who baselessly says that there will be no crab skin. <laughs> I love you too. I love you too. I'm sorry. I don't actually not love you. I'm really appreciating you. It's really cool that you like the show. <laughs> Yeah. I will fight so, you if this, I ever meet you in person. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, the, we did also talk. One of the things we did talk about in the in the interview that was actually like not just nerding out was uh, about how they're changing the length of competitive seasons to two months. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was because you know we see people get excited about the beginning of the season and the end of the season, and like then they're kind of bored in the middle. But also we talked about specifically how they used to lower your number artificially, your, your, like your ranking number when you popped out and like, because it felt, apparently they thought it felt good for people to gain levels and like (laughs) raise their rank, uh, like quickly. And I'm like, no, it just feels crappy (laughs) to come out with a really low skill rank. To be placed Um, lower than you belong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that they are changing that back. But I just thought I, I was like. Uh, it was really interesting how much of the interview we talked about, like how how much oh, your skill rank and also just everything in Overwatch is tied to feelings, and like it's a, such an emotional game, right? And as we know from like screaming about it all the freaking time, mm-hmm. I feel like that must be true of 
all games um, in a sense. Like you can't design a game without taking into advantage how it feels to do this particular thing, whether that's a mechanic or whether it's, um, I don't know, going the, the level design, something like that. Like it has to feel good at every point. But I feel like we don't necessarily talk enough about the science of emotions behind the video games that we love. And it, it's so cool because uh-uh. I'm sure that they spend like a ton of time at Blizzard doing that because their games, all of their games are so polished, like to to a T. Polished to a T, is that a is that a saying? Yeah. To shiny shiny penny <laughs> condition. Like they're so good at making those loops that just feel good to be in. And I'm really happy about the short competitive season change because I know I get into a place where a, I'm scared to start playing competitive because of all the salt. Um, B, when I see that it's a season and it's like halfway over and it's however many months long or whatever, I'm not going to jump in at the end of the season because that feels weird to me. So the idea that it'll be shorter seasons that could be easier for me to jump into and just to get my feet wet and maybe cry a few tears, a few salty tears, that, that sounds great to me. Yeah, something that's like super, super imperative at Blizzard, and this is this was born out of a an interview I had with the guy who works on a guy who works on Hearthstone, um, which is clearly a very, very different game, but still from the Blizzard umbrella is like he kept referencing this fun metric, and that's such a like an amorphous thing to think about. It's such an ambiguous concept. But, you know, fun, we all have a nebulous idea of what fun is. And I think when you guys talk about Overwatch, like, clearly you're so attached because it is just inherently purely fun. And that's something that they are very, very highly prioritizing. And, of course, it's really hard to sort of define that. But, like, literally I was like, oh, when people are upset about this thing in Hearthstone, like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, we just evaluate the fun metric. So that's, like, top tier priority for them. And I think that's very, very clear, even though I don't know what fun is and I just can speak from a a place of being a funless person. So what is the fun metric of us lying on the floor right now? This is fun. This This is is fun. fun. I imagine them like consulting the Oracle in 300, the only movie I've ever seen. (laughs) It's a good movie. No, no. <laughs> oh, we'll fight about this when you get back from Germany. Or no, you know what? Stay in Germany, Chelsea. I don't ever want to see you again. Ah, well, then the listeners will be able to tell our voices apart. Yeah, because you sound like a computer. <laughs> ah, beep boop beep. All right, let's take a second to talk about pro flowers. <laughs> Listeners, I had a lovely surprise last week when a bouquet arrived at my office from ProFlowers. So ProFlowers is a service that helps you send live living flowers to people. And I, I've i never gotten flowers before. I don't know if you know this about me, but I've never gotten flowers from anyone. Um, so I received these flowers and they came living like in this cool foam in a beautiful box and it came with a vase and these very very simple instructions for how to trim the flowers and put them in the vase and also some flower food for them and instructions on how often to feed them so i have on my desk right now a beautiful bouquet of roses that is sitting there blooming in water and looking beautiful and that's all because of pro flowers it was really cool i appreciated how simple the instructions were because i am super paranoid always about killing plants uh it's something i've done in the past let it be known i did not kill these plants yes they are cut flowers so presumably they will die at some point in their lives but they were they're living and thriving right now and they're making my desk a more beautiful place so i want to tell you all that you 
can surprise someone with flowers for no reason at all, or maybe the best reason of all, by getting uh, 20% off any of ProFlower's unique summer rose bouquets or any other bouquet of $29 or more. You can get 20% off that right now if you go to proflowers.com and use the code POLYGON at checkout. Again, that's proflowers.com, code POLYGON. They're guaranteed to stay fresh for at least seven days or you get your money back and you control the delivery date. So again, you can go to proflowers.com, use the code POLYGON, get 20% off summer roses or any other bouquet of $29 or more. That's an awesome deal. Go make someone's day. Get them some flowers. Allegra Frank, you did a heroic thing this week. You I did. pre-ordered two SNES classics. Tell us about I it. I did. It was honestly, Simone, if I can speak frankly here, no oh, pun intended. You can, can Allegra Frank. If I can just be 100% honest with you, no. from you to me, it was <laughs> one of the most important, meaningful experiences in my life. And I've never been prouder of myself of my country, of my community. Um, <laughs> I don't think, I think you're proud of the country that you're in right now because you're My country, to- Deutschland. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, the NES, or excuse me, the Super NES went up for pre-order at Best Buy at approximately 1.45 a.m. Eastern time. So that was 7.45 a.m. here. And we've been working literally, I kid you not, 18-hour days. So we, we've been waking up at like 7 a.m. Um, we were already awake. We were kind of just bumming around in our beds that we had pushed apart, very <laughs> dis- very distinctly pushed apart. I would 18 like inch to gap, always 18 inches. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, I go on Twitter, and it's like, oh, my God, people are tweeting, the SNES Classic pre-orders are live. So we both rush on to, like, Best Buy. I, I open up my computer, and I'm able to get through. And I pre-order – I try to pre-order two because, as I've talked about before, Chris Grant and I have this have this pact that, you know, if, if the SNES Classic goes up for pre-order, he would pre-order me one as well as one for him. But, you know, it was 1.45 a.m. Boy has a son. He's not awake. Boy has a son. Shout out to Lauren. <laughs> Shout out, Lauren. Um, so I was like, okay, this guy's not awake. Let me try getting two. But it was one per order, so I started freaking out a little bit internally. I was like, oh, shit, am I not going to be able to get him one? But I was able to just do a separate order. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, I just did the thing. I never thought I'd actually be able to get one of these things. But this is one of those times where, like, being many, many miles away from everyone you love and care about actually benefits. Um, because we both, Chelsea, too, were able to get SNES Classics. I don't think anyone else here on staff really did. Did you get one, Simone? I didn't. I didn't know about it till I woke up because, again... 1.45 a.m. East, that, that's a time that's good for no one. It's one yeah. eight, It's almost 2 a.m. on the East Coast. It's 2, 1, 12. Oh, I, mean, I guess it's 11.45 p.m. on the West Coast. But you know what? That sucks. That's bad. It's bad. It's not great. And it seems like, I don't know if it was a screw-up or something, like Best Buy screwed up. But it seems like, I mean, I would be just as salty. And that's why I honestly have not been, like, trying to brag about it, Allegra. <laughs> been bragging, although Chris Grant did tweet on uh, saying that I was Polygon's employee of the year because of this. But uh, other than that, I haven't been Well, bragging. no, because I feel bad because honestly, I'm just like, it was a fluke. But we did miss the eclipse, so sorry. 
Aww. Like, we didn't get to see any sun. Yeah, you got to stare at a completely black sky, and we get to play some of the greatest games ever made for the rest of our lives. So, well, you know, I have bad news for you, because New York wasn't even in the, in the totality. So uh, I got to experience some mildly, I not even orange skies. There were still beautiful blue skies, uh, lightly cloudy. <laughs> Um, I feel like there was a, a sort of um, placebo effect going on, though, because the air felt intense on my body when the eclipse was happening. And um, we all had a fun, fun party in the bright light outside, studiously avoiding looking at the sun. Like, I've never been more afraid to look at the sky. I felt like all the radiation was in my body because I don't know anything about science. Um, I, it was very frightening. <laughs> Julia wouldn't even leave the office. She stayed inside. She was afraid of the sun. <laughs> I did hear about that. Julia was just over it already. All the pictures I saw of people from the eclipse were just them wearing stupid asshole glasses while the sky looked completely normal. <laughs> if aliens like observed Earth at this moment, they would be so confused. <laughs> God, if you want to be sad, think about how many people like throughout history looked at the stupid sun during a solar eclipse and thought that God had cursed them. Yeah. And then also because their eyes were fucked up because they looked at the sun yeah. directly. Yeah. Yeah. Man. The sun is so mean. I'm so mad at the sun. I've been mad at the sun all week. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I think <laughs> that it, that's pretty much all our news for this week. And um, because of the the strange format and the calling in, we're going to skip emails this week. So um, I know I, I actually have one more announcement. Ha. Huh, I went to FlameCon last weekend. It Wait, is. What did, tell me about FlameCon. What is FlameCon? What did you buy me at FlameCon? I bought you okay. nothing at FlameCon. I only spent okay. millions of my own hard earned dollars on things that I will need to buy frames for and put on my walls. FlameCon is. <laughs> I think the biggest queer Comic-Con in the United States. It's held in Brooklyn. Um, and this was my first year going. It's been running for about three years. It was amazing. Like, I, at the point where I'm at in my life right now, I've been to a lot, a lot, a lot of cons. And I feel, because I used to go to them for fun, and then I went to them for work, I feel like I've seen every panel and I've walked through every artist alley. But this this felt good and fun to me again in a way that other cons have not necessarily. Um, I saw Susanna's acapella group sing their covers of nerdy songs and I had the Carmen Sandiego theme song stuck in my head for three days after that because of that. <laughs> um, and I just saw so much good art and the con is so artist alley focused and that was really, really wonderful. Like there was a lot of space and there's a lot of a lot of artists selling their original work um, and fan work, but there was a lot of original stuff there too, and people were enjoying it, which is a great thing to see, especially you know at a at a con that supports LGBTQ and queer artists. LG okay, the Q in LGBTQ stands for queer, so I don't need to be that redundant. But <laughs> LGBTQ plus artists. It, it was just really cool, and everyone was really friendly, and I saw a lot of people who were fans of the show, and I cried on at least one of them, uh, hugged uh -huh. multiple of them. It, it was so fucking funny. So I was sitting behind the table of my friend who was table selling her comic there, and I was 
reading a comic by Carrie Peach, and I was feeling really emotional because it was about growing up like on the internet, and she had a comic about Misty of Chincoteague, and I freaking loved those books as a kid. So I was like feeling kind of teary-eyed and emotional, and I hear someone talking about the Adventure Zone, so I stood up. And this this person saw me and like her face just kind of dropped in shock <laughs> because I had just appeared like a witch from from nowhere as she was talking about the Adventure Zone, which is not a show that I'm on. But hey, McElroy adjacent, that's me. Um, she didn't even know who you were. She was just like, who is this fucking weirdo? <laughs> God, but it, it was really amazing. There were lots of moments like that, including moments when I uh, laughed really loudly. Wait, so did you cry on her shoulder after she thought you were a witch? No. Uh, well, yes, I did. I did cry on this person, um, but not for that reason. <laughs> I cried because people keep saying nice things about like us being women in games and being public and being open about that, and I. I get really emotional about that because I feel like I kind of tripped into this and it makes me really emotional that I, that my just kind of tripping into this and being myself is meaningful for other people and like could be helping other people. So <laughs> that's why I cried. Again, this keeps happening to me. Um, <laughs> but I, it was really, it was really, really great to meet so many people. Um, and oh, I had a really good time. So. Everyone should go next year to FlameCon, and you might see me crying there. It'll be fun. All right. I mean, <laughs> is that the only place? That's probably the only place I can see you crying, so it's, I, I'm going to wait. No, it's easy. It's easy to see Simone. How dare you? I was you? helping Simone. I was helping Simone, and you're not a true friend. <laughs> list There's of no places I've cried emotion. in the past month. Um, FlameCon, uh, the movie theater after Dunkirk. Oh, my God. I was a mess. Okay. Well, I'll let you two uh, go to either bed or breakfast or wherever the hell it is. I don't know what time it is over there. <laughs> where do you think we are? Ma- Mars? Japan, obviously. Yeah. Space? Where, wherever what time zone you want us to be in. Oh, yeah. Mama's choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this truncated episode of The Polygon Show. I'm so glad that Allegra and Chelsea were able to join us from Germany. And if you want to leave a review for the show and join the many other freaking nice reviews of it, you can do that on Apple Podcasts. Uh, But Pat did show me a podcast today that has 420 reviews, and I don't think we're going to get better than 420, blaze it. Um... Although we could, we could get exactly there. I don't know. We might actually have passed that already. We might have lost our chance. Don't delete your reviews, no matter. If, uh, that, it, that is us. Sorry, Pat here. That is us. That is us. <laughs> that was us. Good job, Simone. Holy shit! I didn't even realize. Okay, so Blaze no it. one ever review ever again. Yeah. No, I mean, let's just capture this memory forever. Save it. Tweet it. No, but we can get to like sixty-nine, sixty-nine. I think that's our next goal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, so a lot of people need to review the show this week. We have to get from 420 to 69.69. And it's not going to be easy, but I believe in you. <laughs> I believe in all of you. <laughs> all so, however many. I can't. Oh, no math. No math. No math is being done here today. All right. And, of course, tell all of your friends about the show because we need, we need, again, we need thousands and thousands of you to review it. 
<laughs> thousands and thousands of people. I want I want your your parents. I want your grandparents. I want your great grandparents. I want your great 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 grandparents. I want your great 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 great. Okay, so I'm gonna go now. Um, thanks everyone. Thanks Allegra and Chelsea for joining me from Germany. This has been the Polygon Show. <laughs>